Welcome to the Going to Killing City podcast, a historical look at murder in Kansas City. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Alex Greenwood. Welcome back, everybody. Episode five, we're doing something completely different. So you can see how amazing both myself and my evil twin look. We are both in our respective home bars. I, of course, am in the green room here in beautiful Prairie Village, Kansas with my uh, my evil twin and, and tell us about your bar let everybody look a little bit here hey brother good to see you and uh always a pleasure to see the green room i am at the green shabin bar in beautiful northland up by the airport insert jokes here but uh, i was gonna say uh the green shabin if you don't know i might have mentioned this before but just in case we picked up a few new listeners it's uh the shabin is an irish word for speakeasy and i'm not my name's not green like yours but it's green wood so i thought yeah the green should be and it rhymes why not that's cute i'm Thank su- you. super excited i'm going to ireland in october everybody's everybody I, my brother's going to italy you're going to ireland uh one of my colleagues has taken a tour of the entire continent um man and i thought i was styling going to alaska last year but man <laughs> this is fantastic man to 25th wedding you. anniversary 25 years of putting up with me she deserves a trip to Ireland. well how is it that your bride doesn't even look 25 most of the time how is I that know. man I know. Jeez, I look, everybody Louise. thinks i'm some kind of creep with a you know much <laughs> younger so wife kind. she's only th- she's only three years younger than me what can i say i'm so kind of creep <laughs> i love it hey do you mind if i uh i'm gonna mix while we're talking now. all right like i'm gonna so start mixing this is the, so to go back and i and i hate to do this but there's always going to be some ass wipe it's going to be like well you didn't do it right so yes <laughs> the house yeah well you know you know it's gonna happen. The house I itself. You, <laughs> Go I ahead. thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say. I hate to explain how we do this again, but let no, me no, just no. explain the show. No, no, but no. but it, it is only for the show. But though you go right into the ass wipe. All right, yeah, yeah. very good. Go ahead. Well, because the, the 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 home that we are going to talk about today, the site of uh, murders plural, uh, is a Victorian home. But I did not say in the hint Victorian Manor. I purposely said Edwardian Manor because the murders oh. happened in 1909. So if you get on and you look at this house, don't send me a shitty email saying, hey, it's the Victorian house. Yeah, I know. But I wanted it to be the period of the murder, not when the house was built. So are, are we all, are we good? So Edwardian Manor. I love that this is cracking you up. Edwardian Manor is all I gave you for a hint. So rock and roll, brother. Let's talk about your drink. I've not even had a drink yet, and you, you're cracking me up. I shake. Well, before I do, by the way, shout out to listener Terry, who is of independence. And Terry, my my brother has something nice to say about independence. Please say something nice. Yeah, <laughs> you're we, we love Terry. <laughs> we love it's Terry. Just, a, one of my, Harry Truman, one of our most beloved Absolutely. presidents, independence native, lived there his whole life, came back from the presidency, yeah. and moved back into his house yeah well so. and, and 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 but terry's a big booster of the show and terry we we love and appreciate you i mean she was sharing this on thread she was sharing oh, she's this lovely. on oh, she is lovely and you know what independence i and honestly it's it's got some great stuff up there and uh we salute independence all right well so as is the conceit of this show we are uh typically it's we well, well you know it's funny we initially conceived this show as well i'll visit your bar and and you talk or, but, but, you know you do the story and i'll give you the hand back every month and then we just 
not we're not saying we're doing this all the time, but man, it's a drive because I'm in the Northland. He's he's out in the wilds, the savannas of Johnson County. And so uh, the times we have to get together, it's usually around when happy hour and then traffic. So uh, we thought, well, let's make it easy on ourselves and let's show off our home bars a little bit and do this. So while we're ramping up here, so the, the clue was Edwardian Manor. And I always want to say Edwardian Manor as if we're like on Johnny Carson and Karnak is talking. So here's what you're going to do. This is a, the co the cocktail I came up with, and I have no idea what you're going to talk about, but I thought, well, Edwardian Manor, as you went on already about the uh, ass wipes out there, is it Bramble Manor Cocktail. I'm sorry, I could resist that. I mean, ingredients right. are simple. It's two ounces of gin, one ounce of fresh lemons juice, uh, half ounce simple syrup, half ounce of creme de mure, which is basically a blackberry liqueur. You could probably do creme de cassis. Um, there's so many things. You, if you go down to the decoper uh, shelf at the very bottom of the liquor store, there's usually some kind of blackberry liqueur, really cheap, like 10 or 12 bucks. It's down there with the with the knockoffs of orange curacao, all that stuff. Uh, fresh blackberries and a lemon wheel. But I have something else. This is why I was excited. So every summer, um, I'm a gin drinker. I love martinis, as my brother knows here, my evil twin knows. And... Uh, Bombay Sapphire is my uh, is pretty much my daily. Well, daily. You know, I don't drink a martini every day, every other day. But uh, <laughs> the, the, but Bombay makes something new. They brought this out a year or so ago, I think. It's called Bombay Bramble, and it's a blackberry and raspberry um, gin. So I am saving myself a little time. Of course, my, my compadre is going. It doesn't sound like you're saving his time, yakety yak. But anyway. I'm, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to get rid of, you don't have to have the regular gin if you buy this stuff, and you don't need the creme demure. You just need the bramble, which I should have opened before because I've been chilling it all day. Now, this is going to be embarrassing. You know what? I need this to wipe is, my hands off. It's like live TV, folks. Dude, you remember when I did, you, you, I don't know if you saw We don't rehearse. First, we just no. fucking roll, man. So we're good. My first cocktail show I did during COVID, I did a show called Tuesdays with Tiki Ted, and I was kind of a character who made tiki drinks just told corny jokes i did it and i used a boston shaker i didn't use one of these cheat shakers this is kind of a cheat it's got a built-in strainer and the whole bit i used a boston shaker which is a pint glass and a pint glass uh a pint glass and you know the uh stainless and i shook it up and it got so cold it got stuck and i mean embarrassingly so i couldn't get it undone it was really embarrassing all right so let's let's go on all right so you take you take i'm going i'm going he's gonna be like how do we no, edit all this all no, right you're good dude <laughs> So I'm going to take, okay, so uh, two ounces of gin. I'm going to get my favorite. To, I love I love this jigger. It's a really good one. It's a Japanese style. Two ounces of, and what you do is you get a shaker full of ice. Sorry about that. We'll put this in the show notes, I believe. I gave that to you, didn't I, brother? I, I have it. All right. So you get your two ounces of, it's either the, you know, the bramble gin, or you get the regular gin with the creme de mure or creme de cassis. Let's just move on from there. And then for fresh lemon juice, not messing around. You need uh, about an ounce. I just cut off a piece of it. I don't love it. I don't like too much lemon. I've got my juicer here. We're just going to get that in there. Ugh, give it a good squeeze. By the way, if you have one of these, and I didn't do this, I just used part of the lemon. It's, it's a lot of people are tempted, or they don't know, or whatever, to put it in, nipple down like this, and then squeeze. You should actually put it in the other way. You should put it in this way. You'll get a better... You'll get a better squeeze. You'll get more bang for your buck that way. All right. So we've got that in there. Very simple. Now you take that and you shake it up. 
Oh, for uh, no, you need a half ounce of simple syrup. I haven't done this in a while. Simple syrup, simple to make. You got a pan, you got a stove, you got a cup of water, you got a cup of sugar. Combine them till they boil, uh, whisk them until it's all juice. And here you go. This stuff keeps in a, in a container like this with a lid on it for about 30 days in your fridge. So we're going to do about a half ounce of that. And you'll find that the simple syrup and the lemon juice go to, go to war inside this drink in a nice way, in a lovely way, if you do it right. Okay. So now we shake it up in the immortal words of the late, great Rick Okasik. Shake it up, ladies. Presumably you have a nice cocktail glass with some crushed ice. Uh, I saw a picture of yours, brother. I, I don't know if he's still, but I will be looking for it. There you go. He's got his in a pint glass right there. All right. Yeah. And then here's what we're going to, we're going to pour it in. Oh, look at that lovely color. Look at that. Pink it's, color. it's very pretty. It is very pretty. Then you're going to garnish it with some raspberries and blackberries and a little wheel, just like this of lemon. So what I like to do, I just give it a little stir here. Then I lay this across. And you know what? I think we're going to need we're going to need this, aren't we, for the uh, for the show notes. So let me take a quick picture before I taste it. You're going to be in the picture, my brother. So you know, look your best here. And is he? Here he goes. There we go. I don't know if we're doing this. Let me hold it this way. Let me get the light. Yeah, it'll have to do. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. It's Bramble time. Let's see what we got here. I made mine before because I have to, you know, talk all hour. And it's delicious. It's very nice. Ma'am. It's, it's a nice very one. nice, refreshing summer drink. I hope you all enjoy it. Again, the recipe will be in the show notes. That's great. Okay, before we start, I've got to give a really short but a quick shout out to my my evil twin, my brother from another mother. Alex won the best of 2023 Reader's Choice Local. Arthur, good for you, dude. This is cool. Congratulations. I'm, thank you. I It's the Kansas City Magazines. Yeah, I'm the best local author. And I, I need to make this really clear. I, I said this everywhere I posted about it. <laughs> I am not the best writer, the best author in town. But I do a podcast called Mysterious Goings On. I've done it for seven years plus. And it all it does is support writers, New York Times bestsellers, all the way to beginners. And I accepted the award on behalf of other writers. And, and thank you for, I wasn't going to bring that up. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, cheers, cheers, brother. It, it's a weird thing. I did, I did, I was getting a haircut today. And I, I, I told my stylist, I don't know if you know, but you're cutting the hair of uh, the best. <laughs> Just wondering if I could get a little deal here. She's like, no. Anyway, so, <laughs> so that right. just shows you that and uh, that and 50 bucks gets me a decent haircut. There you go. So, all right. So like we always tell you, uh, the killer cocktail is in the show notes. We're also going to put this on YouTube. You can find it in the notes there. So it's it's delightful. I'm not a big gin guy, but I, I'm really digging this. So this is cool. I Wait. get the new drinks. Well, because I was going to say, I know you're not typically a gin guy, but I thought in the context of this being a summary kind of light kind of nice thing there it wouldn't be so bad and i'm sorry to interrupt but one last thing um so it's on youtube uh i know there'll be a link in the show notes i assume yes sir this, or where it does it is it our is it our channel or is it we're, in the we're gonna I, we will be starting our own channel and as <sighs> soon as i just have to add that to my list of things to get done so it's a very long list anyway all right let's get started yes. so alex when you think mm -hmm. trial of the century what pops in your head? You mean the upcoming trial of the century or the <laughs> <laughs> three or four? Yeah. Um, well, 
I hate to be hackneyed about it, but there's about two different ones. Depends on the century. Well, one would be the Lindbergh baby. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another one would be the, the, the two brothers. Gosh, a blanket on their, they had unusual names. Yeah. yeah. Um, not like Statler and Waldorf. I think they were in the Muppets. But anyway, uh, then it was then it would have to be OJ. So that's what I think of when I think of trial. This right. Time. So those are very famous. The only one else, uh, Kloss and uh, Sonny Van Bulow's trial was a big deal at the time. That's uh, true. But you over, have no idea. <laughs> over 110 years ago, one of the most famous trial murder trials in the country was here in Kansas City. And it's one of those things that now that time has passed way over 100 years, people don't think about it that much. But it was a huge deal. It was covered nationally a bunch. Mm. So Kansas City, if you have been here, there's a lot of things that are named Swope. There is Swope Parkway. There is Swope Health Center. There is just the park itself, Swope Park, which has the zoo and Starlight Theater and Swope Memorial Golf Course. And the reason all that stuff exists is because there was a guy named Thomas Swope who lived here, who had a ton of money, mm-hmm. and he gave the city the park and stuff. And that's who we're going to talk about today. Okay? Okay. He was uh, Colonel Tom Swope. You know, I don't know what's about guys that are born in Kentucky. Apparently, that you just get to put Colonel in front of your name. Because this guy was born in You got Colonel Sanders, Colonel Tom Swope. <laughs> I don't know why. Give yourself a moniker. You can be the admiral over there at the old uh, Green Shabina, oh, I guess. Can, I, I would actually like to be called Commodore. <laughs> okay. Schmidlap. Why not? So, Thomas Wolfe was born in Kentucky in 1827. In 1857, he moves here to Kansas City, and he is the largest landowner in the city. Most of downtown, what we know is downtown today. He owned that land originally. Uh, he was a smart oh. guy. He knew how to speculate sit on land he became a multi-multi-millionaire back then so it gives you an idea of how much money he had he had a ton that's a lot of money that's a lot of money okay so in 1896 when he was 70 years old he donated the 1334 acres that we just talked about that became swope park i was there just last week at starlight scene lover boy and foreigner uh, people, when we our kids were little, we went to the zoo a bunch. I'm sure you did too with your daughter. Um, so that's his why we all know who he is. I think most people in Kansas City just know the name and don't know the the story. But the story is crazy. Okay, he was okay. an eccentric guy, lifetime hmm. bachelor, never got married for most of his life in Kansas City. He actually just lived in hotels. He didn't have his own house, even though he had the money for it. But when he got quite a bit older, toward the ends of his life. He moved in with his sister-in-law. Now, her sister-in-law, and a Terry, I swear to God, we did not plan this out. We didn't talk about this before. But Terry, his sister-in-law, happened to live in Independence, Missouri. And that's the site of the crime. My apologies. I did not plan this. That's just where he lived. Okay. The the phrase is, be that as it may. (laughs) So 406 South Pleasant Street. It was his brother's house who had died, Logan Swope. So his sister-in-law still lived there, Maggie Swope. Now this house, and you can find it, and I'll put all this in the show notes. There's tons of pictures. This is an enormous house, so big, that besides, uh, you know, the colonel living there and his sister-in-law, there were seven nieces and nephews living in that house, plus some other people. Huge house. Okay. Swope commuted daily from downtown Independence, downtown to Kansas City, Missouri, on the streetcar 
everything that's old is new again. Okay. So streetcars went everywhere back then. Okay. So among Maggie Swope, his sister-in-law, children. So this is his niece, is a woman named Frances Swope. Now, Frances Swope fell in love with a doctor who was named Dr. Bennett Hyde. But even though he was a doctor, and you think, well, that's kind of a cool reputation, nobody liked this guy, and nobody wanted her to marry him. Hmm. Now, the reason why, there were all these rumors that he was taking advantage of older women, professing love for them, but actually he was just after their money. And once he mm -hmm. got his money, he took off and left them behind. And in a much more horrible and egregious event, Dr. Hyde was accused of torturing an African-American woman who was in police custody. In 1897, Dr. Hyde was the uh, Kansas City Police Department's official surgeon. I didn't even know they had such a thing. And Hyde was called to examine Annie Clements, who apparently either ingested or pretended to swallow morphine during a big bout mm. of depression. Mm. Hyde apparently poured oil of mustard I'm, yeah, oil of mustard inside her vagina. And while doing this, he shouted, now, God damn you, Annie, get up and get out of here and don't you come back here anymore. Clements was in so much pain that she could neither walk or stand and had to crawl more than a block outside of the police department before a police officer saw her and felt sorry. So um, he's an evil dude, man. He's not a guy, Scott. He got fired for it. She actually made a formal complaint which is pretty ballsy if you think about it in Kansas City in 1896. Yeah. And the, the yeah. police board of commissioners, they fired him. So you could probably see why the Swope family was less than enamored with Dr. Hyde. But uh, <laughs> Francis, Francis Swope didn't care. She just said, screw you guys. They went down to Eureka Springs and got the uh, eloped and got married anyway. Anyway, so that's kind of the background on him. So... Maggie, the woman that it's in, and I'm trying to explain this several times because I know this is confusing. The matriarch of the Swope Mansion, Maggie, was Francis's mm -hmm. mother, and she's not happy about this at all. Okay. So they're fighting a ton. But after several years, they got married in 1905. By the fall of 1909, I don't know if they were best, you know, back to being best family members, but they were at least, there was detente and they were getting along. Enough so that if somebody got sick in the house, they would call Dr. Hyde. Yes, Alex. You have a question? I do, but I shouldn't ask it now, but I'm dying to. I don't want to spoil the thing. You can tell me, you can say, Alex, shh, I'll tell you later. Is this Hyde person related to any other place places around town we might have heard of? I don't think so, but that's a really good okay. question. Okay. Okay. I was thinking Hyde Park. Right. And I thought, how did this maniac get up? You know, okay. Sorry to interrupt. I was no, just that's a good question wondering. for those people. Okay, so in the fall of 1909, a series of events would take place that would both horrify and enthrall not only the residents of Kansas City but all around the country. This was, like I said earlier, it was covered all over the country. So what happened was there was a three murders, three people die within two and a half months in that house. And how this all goes down is one of the craziest stories and one of the just like the weirdest stories. So we're just going to delve in. Okay. Let's go. Now, just to add to this, I don't think the Venn diagram that you're probably putting in your head is big enough. So let's add another person. So in this house, there was also a cousin of Colonel Tom Swope was a guy that lived there. His name was James Moss Hunton. They just called him Cousin Moss. 
Cousin Moss was so close to Colonel Swope that he was the executor of Colonel Colonel Swope's will. Say that three Mm. times fast. So they were, it was a Sunday afternoon. They're sitting around the table eating. All of a sudden, Moss, Cousin Moss, gets super sick. Stomach ache. Feels terrible. He's so bad that he starts to twitch and says he feels so he has to lay down. So the family calls Dr. Hyde to come look at him. By this point, Hunt, Hunt and, you know, Colonel Moss, is, or yeah, not Colonel Moss, sorry. Too many people names. Cousin Moss. That's yeah. why we that's why we have, you know, editing, because I can just edit that out. So Cousin Moss, they think that he has what they call apoplexy, which is a cerebral hemorrhage, basically. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Hyde shows up and he said, oh, it's definitely that. And he said, you know what we need to do? We need to bleed him. And you're going to bleed this guy because it would ease pressure on the brain. So Dr. Hyde gets the scalpel up, opens up his right arm with an incision. Blood is going just into this basin. Over a pint of blood had been taken. When the family doctor showed up, a Dr. Twyman, he said, that's enough. Like, we don't need to bleed him anymore. Hyde and him get into a big argument about it. He said, this is crazy. So he was so upset by this. He said, that's enough blood to take from any man. You need to quit. So Dr. Hyde finally relents. But then just a few minutes later, shockingly, Colonel, you know, the old uh, cousin Moss, he goes into a brief seizure, gasps, and drops dead. Okay? Oh. So this is the first red flag about Dr. Hyde. Because the motive... First red flag about Dr. Hyde? <laughs> yeah, well, the, for the Swope family, at least. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we Not for everybody else. Get all that first thing with the mustard, okay? Yeah, that's terrible, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so this... They're uh, the family nurse. There's this woman who was there. You know, if you have a lot of money and back before things were automated, you had a lot of staff. There were just a lot of people in the house. So they had a nurse that was there, Nurse Keller. So just the next day after, uh, I keep wanting to say Colonel Moss, but it's Cousin Moss. Cousin Moss died. Dr. Hyde goes up to Nurse Keller, knowing that she's a dear, you know, family friend, and said, hey, I want you to do something for me tomorrow. Now, I'm not a businessman, but I can be. And now that this man Hutton is gone, who is one of the administrators of Mr. Swope's will, I want you, you have influence with this old man, I want you to suggest that me in his stead, okay? Mm-hmm. He said, uh, you know, don't go with this other guy, this guy named Hawthorne, he's got a dirty record, I really am the perfect person. So this shocked Nurse Keller to the point that she was so aghast, and she's like, no, I'm not doing it. You know, they haven't even buried the cousin. It hasn't even had a funeral. Literally the next day. Okay. So, moving on. Let me get my show notes down here. So, um, less than two days later, 36 hours later, the colonel will become a motive even more so because Swope has 10 nieces and nephews, including seven of the children of his sister-in-law, Maggie, who we talked about at the Swope Mansion, who will get his real estate property if he dies. Estimated in value. And this is value for that time, so it'd be a lot more money. But he had this much money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in property for each of them. Now, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, Frances Hyde, who, of course, is married to Dr. Hyde, who's also his niece, she was getting $100,000 less than anybody else. 
the speculation was it's because he wasn't happy either that she'd run off and married this guy. So he was getting at her by getting in the wheel now. Right, right. For the rest of his estate, which is, you know, all the cash, he had over $1.4 million in 1909. That would be in today's dollars, like 30 million, something like that. Yeah, and probably even more. A lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. <laughs> and so, and the will at the time, if he were to die, it was all supposed to go to the nieces and nephew. And that's what would happen. And it'd be shared equally. But the week before this all happened, he Swope, Colonel Swope had told several people that he felt that he was going to make changes probably in the next day or two. He didn't really yeah. think that if those nieces and nephews needed even more money, they had enough money and that it should go to a charity. And that's where it left it. And he had said that each niece and nephew would lose out roughly $140,000, if he were to make this change. That's millions. Yep. So that's where we are to kind of set the scene. So just 36 hours after poor cousin Moth's you know, death, Dr. Hyde comes back to Swope Mansion. All of a sudden, Colonel Swope, he's complaining of digestive issues. And uh, so Dr. Hyde said, hey, I've got this really cool elixir. It's called Fairchild's Holiday, which apparently was a popular digestive aid back then. The colonel swallows the capsules, but just 20 minutes later, he like, his eyes roll in the back of his head, his teeth clench, his entire body is like shaking. He's making like guttural noises. He can't speak. What Once hell? again, Dr. Hyde said, oh, must be a brain hemorrhage again. What are the odds, Alex? Hmm. 36 hours apart. It's catching. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, you know, Colonel, the poor old Colonel who's in his 80s, he is vomiting profusely from this. Like he is just miserable to the point. So much so his last supposed words were, quote, oh, my God, I wish I were dead. I wish I had not taken that medicine. So Dr. Hyde says, well, maybe we need to kick it up a knife. Let's just start injecting him with strychnine. Back then, strychnine was thought to help if you had a really bad pulse to get your pulse rate up, right? I see yeah. how you're holding your head. Oh, wow. <laughs> he injects him four different times with strychnine. Guess what happens that very night, Alex? Did he croak? 7.30 that night, Colonel Swope, no longer with us. Okay, so this is kind of a crazy sidebar, but it plays into this whole story. Less All than right. two months before these two shocking deaths, Dr. Bennett Clark Hyde was in Hugo Brechtline's drugstore in Kansas City on Monday, mm -hmm. September 13th. So this is just 18 days before the first death happened at the mansion. Mm -hmm. Hyde made the following request over the phone, quote, send over four or five grain capsules of cyanide of potassium. On this raised eyebrows immediately, it was known that cyanide was to be one of the most lethal poisons ever in existence. Nobody ever asked for cyanide in capsules either. It would usually be just sold in bulk. The next morning, Hyde, literally the next day, he calls again. He goes, hey, um, want two capsules of that uh, digestive compound known as Fairchild's Holodin, the same pills that he allegedly would give to Colonel Swope hours before his death, three weeks later. These capsules were identical in size, shape, and color to the deadly cyanide capsules. So at the time, doctors order stuff all the time. Didn't really raise any red flags then. But when stuff starts happening, the guy that filled these orders, he remembers all this. Okay? So 10 days after Colonel Swope's death, Francis Hyde, the daughter 
uh, Maggie, the niece of the colonel, and Dr. Hyde's wife, goes up to his mom, goes up to her mom and says, hey, can my, my husband, can, uh, you know, Dr. Hyde, can he be the executor of the will of, of uh, you know, dear old uncle, uncle colonel? <laughs> but your mom at this point is like, no, he cannot. And she said, he put you up to this. Oh, no, he didn't put me up to this. So that's kind of where it is. So after the funerals and the burials of both Moss Hutton, our beloved cousin, and Colonel Swobe, right. things kind of go back to normalcy until late November. Now, Maggie Swope, the matriarch, she was already had on the books a travel, to, a, a travel trip to Chicago via train. It had been, you know, with the, see some friends. So she'd wanted to do this for a long time. So she was going to go. When she went, her son, Chrisman, who was her oldest son, started complaining that he was under the weather. Now, at first, Chrisman's 31 years old. He'd always been frail. Actually, had never worked, probably because you didn't right. have to, right? Because you're you know, right, loaded. Right. But also because he had a lot of health uh, issues. So at first, they didn't think much about it. But then all of a sudden, he starts to get really sick, like really fast. So much so that he's bedridden and became the first family member in that house to be diagnosed with typhoid. Now, typhoid is transmitted via water or a food source from human right. fecal matter, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, there's so much detail, but we don't have all the time to go into this. But it's interesting to note, for that entire year of independence, and I don't know, independence was probably fairly big by that point, 1900. We'll say well, 60,000. I have no idea what it was, but we could- In proportion, to, you mean proportion to Kansas City itself? or Because they weren't there wasn't enough sprawl then for them to kind of touch, right? Is no, they fair? were two separate towns back then. Okay. But it was a it was a oh. decent enough sized town that it seems a little strange that the only case of typhoid for the entire year, the only one, was in this household. And even more interesting, this household was one of the few at this time that actually had indoor indoor toilets. They didn't use an outhouse. They flushed it. In addition to that, their water came from a cistern. So it was rainwater. So they weren't even getting water that would have been, you know, contaminated that way. So this seems like really strange that of all the families in Independence, Missouri in 1909, this is the family that gets typhoid. So this also mm. starts to raise some flags. Okay. At this point, it's still a little early on. Nobody really suspects Dr. Hyde except for the nurses that have to deal with him because he's nuts and like yells at him and makes some change stuff. And certainly nobody in the public had accused him yet. So in the Swope Mansion, he's treating a bevy of family members who are now coming down with typhoid. The son Chrisman oh gets- Oh my God. Yeah. The son Chrisman gets the following treatment. You guessed it. A digestive wow. aid pill. Oh my Lord. Prescribed by our buddy, Dr. Hyde. Soon after, Alex, Chrisman's body stiffened, his arms and legs flung right out. His entire body is quivering. He has- seizures for 20 minutes straight oh, and then he drops dead he was 31 Jeez. years old 31 yeah third death in the same house in less than two months all being treated by the same guy now later the nurse who was treating him different nurse because this is becoming all hands on deck because everybody's getting sick right he said she said it was such a seizure that i'm considering connection uh, in connection with strychnine poisoning chrisman died without any kids and he didn't have a will yet. So his portion of the state now is going into that pool of the surviving brothers and sisters, his things, including right, right. his sister, who's married to Dr. High. Okay. 
Dr. Hyde's prescription for poisoning continues. He brings candy to family members that's tasted by the nurse on duty. Both nurses suffer from violent nausea and throw it out. Okay, so by Christmas of that year, typhoid fever has nine victims in this household. Nobody else in Independence has it. Nine people in this household have it. All right. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now a little suspect. Little, just a tad. As the kids say, it's a little sus. <laughs> just a touch. Like my, my daughter says, Dad, that's sus. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> what? Exactly right. Like, give so me they have one other, kid. There's one daughter that so far has been out of the fray because she's out. She was been in Europe traveling, you know, trip abroad when you have money. Oh, so she's kind of a control group here. Yeah. Her name is she's Lucy, been gone. Yep, Lucy Lee. And Lucy Lee is coming back to New York on a on a ship. Um, her mom was supposed to come and get her, but of course, her mom is dealing with the whole fact the family's down and out. So they try to find somebody, try to find somebody. At some point, Dr. Hyde is suggested by his wife, Francis. Yeah. And they're like, absolutely not. But yeah. Francis just kind of sneaky, you know, she didn't give a shit. Yeah. So she sends her husband dr hyde to go pick up lucy in new york okay before he leaves literally the day after his brother-in-law chrisman is buried dr hyde makes yet another purchase of cyanide this time even a larger dosage <laughs> i guess it just wasn't enough it wasn't going quick enough for him i don't know the family matriarch maggie who we've talked about a bunch she's always had headaches and very understandably with this kind of pressure going on in her life her headaches have gotten much worse because you know either her family members are dead or dying or sick or stuff so stuff so her brother uh you know guess who came to her rescue guess you said hey i got something to make you feel better because dr high this is before he left for new york he gives her something said oh this is a great powder for headaches works fabulous just you know trust me it tastes so bad, Alex. She's like almost wretches and said, where did you get this water? This is horrible. I don't want this and stuff. She, because she's pretty suspicious at this point, she goes to the bathroom. She sticks a finger down her throat and she pukes it all up. And then he goes, hey, I've got to, <laughs> I've got this stuff that will help your stomach. And she's like, okay. And then she like, she sticks her finger down her throat again and pukes that all up. So, so, so that's kind of where we are. One of the younger daughters, Margaret Swope, which I know is confusing because that's her mom's name too, but we're just going to call the 20-year-old Margaret, call the matriarch Maggie. Yeah. Margaret's down really sick with typhoid, but she's starting to feel a little better. Apparently, in the middle of the night, on the evening of December 12th, all alone, Dr. Hyde comes in. What he said it was an injection of hypocamphorated oil. I cannot say that. Camphorated oil. Because he found her, thank you, he found her pulse to be weak. The nurse comes okay. in and sees Margaret's arm. By at this point, Margaret's in agony and has found that this is a badly inflamed arm at the point of injection. So much so, it's got a red swollen spot the size of a silver dollar already. Yeah. And her entire arm swells up. Like she's just like, and she apparently was doing better, but yeah, that's it. So independence, as you know, was not a super big place yet. There were daily news, every newspaper, but you know, three, four, five, depending on the town. Sure. So one of Dr. Hyde's contemporaries, so he's not a family member, he's not part of the family, but he's a physician, and he knows Dr. Hyde is a guy named Dr. Stewart. So this starts to be like, he's starting to go like, what the fuck is going on over at the Swope Mansion? Like, all these people are dropping dead stuff. Right. So he thinks back, and only back in November, he remembered that Dr. Hyde had asked him 
if he could have some typhoid samples that he stated, Dr. Hyde stated he needed these typhoid samples for his research. Hmm. This kind of like he has an you know, epiphany, pops in his head. He's like, holy shit, this can't possibly it. But he's curious. So he goes to Hyde's office, makes an excuse with the secretary how he needs to go back there. So he goes in the office all by himself. He looks through several samples, doesn't see anything at first until he gets to the typhoid sample, where he notes the top half appears to be, quote, swept clean. And later in court would state it would be made a uh, if you made an ounce of that desirous uh, bats bass. I can't say this. Basically, what he said was, this, I'm so glad we have Pro Tools. It was so powerful, you could have used it for the entire city of Kansas City, inoculated everybody against typhoid. There was that much that he just took out. All right. Does that make sense? So part of what he, he's sneaky, though, Alex. He takes out the stuff with the live stuff. He replaces it with bacteria that is typhoid, but it's been killed with formaldehyde to replace yeah. it so he doesn't get cleared. And I'm sorry, I butchered all of that. I probably need to drink more. <laughs> <laughs> you should have more bramble because you, you need to ramble with the bramble, my brother. Wait, so you're saying all of this was discovered because he was somewhat Thai curious? Love it. Yep. <laughs> Fabulous. You know what the best part is? You know, I love that. I guess that was, oh my God. <laughs> You're going to cut that out. I know you are. Oh, no way. Oh, well, I forgot to, uh, uh, he didn't notice at the time, but he notices later. He has diphtheria in a test tube. He doesn't just have typhoid. He's also got diphtheria because, you know, that's how he rolls. So. Did his little dip tap, didn't he? Took yeah. his dip tap shot. So the nurses, so the nurses <laughs> who have, you know, been taking care of the entire bevy of the Swope family, the whole cadre, <laughs> They've had it. They said this guy's trying to kill these people. So yeah. the, the family doctor, you know, who's not there every day, all day, but would show up at night. They go with this Dr. Twyman guy. They come up to him and say, look, either he goes or we go, but we can't work for this guy anymore. Like, we really think he's killing these people. So right, Twyman, right. you know, trust. And if friends, Twyman's like, what? And then he kind of thinks about it. He's like, okay. So he calls the matriarch, Maggie. And says, I'm going to come over and talk to you. So he talks to her. Well, she already had her suspicions, right? Because, you know, she had to make right. herself throw up twice. Plus, everybody's dropping dead. Plus, hey, can he be the executor of the will? I mean, you don't have to be the murder she wrote lady to kind of start adding this shit up. That this is very kosher, right? <laughs> the murder she wrote lady. <laughs> Jessica Fletcher, folks. Thank you. The murder she wrote lady. Sorry. No, I know. You're cracking so, me up today. Go on. Good. Man. So <laughs> Maggie goes, hey, tell... Tell my son-in-law he's out, you know? And so Twyman's like, okay, I guess it is. So Twyman calls him and says, okay, you know, this is what's going on. All the nurses are going to quit. Your, your mother-in-law right. thinks that you're killing people. <laughs> and and I guess Hyde doesn't even like, he, you think like if you had been accused of murdering and attempting to murder even more people, you would be like, right. no, I'm not. That's insane. What are you talking about? But he's like, yeah. But his reaction was like, fine, I'll leave. Oh. So, okay. I told you this is crazy. This is so crazy. You can you can tell why people talk about this forever. Okay, this two th can I two things as we do this little interim. Absolutely. One, I can't believe I can't believe I never heard this because I've seen this. Swope. I've been here fifteen years, and Swope. I just assumed uh, you know this, that, and the other. I, the guy obviously was murdered. Okay, that's one. Two, I'm getting strong Eric Larson, Devil in the White City vibes from this thing. Um, if you guys have not read that true crime story, it is incredible. But I'm getting severe. Here's the difference though. This uh, Doctor Heckle guy. 
I'm sorry, this uh, this Mr. Jive, whatever his name is again, Doctor um, I. I, he is nowhere near the genius that uh, the uh, the that what's his name from Devil in the White City was apparently. But Holmes. go ahead, H.H. Uh, Holmes. Holmes, Holmes, right? H.H. Holmes, that's right. Holmes, I read that book. I read it was fab. It was, it's a it's, great book. It's terrifying, but it's fabulous. Okay. Remember Lucy Lee, the the daughter. She was in was, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was fabulous. Yeah, she really yeah, could kick well. So Lucy Lee had been gone, as you said, was the kind of the control because she wasn't at the family and stuff. Right. On the train ride back from New York to Kansas City, Doctor Hyde just said, "Hey, you probably need something to drink and eat. Let me go get you something." Right. I'll go so- to the drinks car. I'll be right back. <laughs> By the time she gets back, it's seven days later. She is now the tenth victim of the Swope family typhoid epidemic. She became ill on December twenty second, nineteen oh nine, seven days after she accepted that food and drink from Doctor High, which is the usual incubation period for typhoid. Okay. Once he's Holy accused, God. and like the papers are picked up on this, like it's crazy and stuff. He says, "Hey, you know what? I've got typhoid too, right? Like, hey, it's not." I'm not killing. I've got it too. Look at me. Yeah, stuff. So, but he has no symptoms. Now they do a blood test on him and find, yeah, he has some typhoid in there, but it's not active. It's dead. But he's been handling it, sure. But even if you handle a dead culture, it's going to get in your bloodstream if you don't take precautions. Correct? Yeah. But they think he was so evil. What he did was he's like, this is the perfect way to say, no, it's not. I'm not killing these. Look, I got it too. So he what ingested it or they think he injected himself kind of like when you get a shot and it's not the live version it's the the dead version but your immune system doesn't know and still reacts that's why he had a slight fever but he was able to work and move around and everything this guy's freaking diabolical isn't he though so he's dr high is starting to get the idea that people are kind of suspecting him but not that much so Mm -hmm. you know stewart figures out a way to like lie his way back and dr stewart back into the the office in downtown kansas said he said you know i need some stuff for my study Mm. he looks at that diphtheria that he saw the first time but he didn't take a sample of it just the kind of thing Mm. so it's not diphtheria it was labeled diphtheria it's not but it was just what was called you know um pus germs and i don't know what that is but it sounds disgusting now, these germs can't kill you, Alex, but you know what they can do? Make you sick? They can cause a huge inflammation response and swelling. Hmm. Kind of like what little daughter had. In the arm? Yeah. Oh, yep. my dog. This is crazy. So the family now is all in and like, this guy's trying to kill us all. He's been banished from the, the, the Matrix, like, never come back here again. Get out but they don't have enough proof yet to have him arrested. So the solution is they do autopsies of both the colonel and the son. Takes a few days. The newspapers back, that's when we had active newspaper reporters. This comes out immediately. Like they found out they're exhuming their bodies. They're like, oh shit, something's going on. You know, he was like, I'm trying to think of what it would be like today. It'd probably be like if Clark Hunt had died. Somebody of that stature where everybody in the city knows who you are and you're one of the wealthiest people and you have a really... So they do, so now it's all out there. Well, the autopsy, the first thing to do, if you have a brain hemorrhage, one of the things you have is swelling of the brain, and they can see that autopsy. Neither one, neither the right. colonel hmm. nor the son had that. Now, Chrisman, the younger one, yeah, he had a little typhoid, but apparently wasn't enough to kill you. It was like pretty light. But both of them had strychnine. 
And that's when we know that it's a murder thing. So Hyde is arrested, brought in, and they get ready for trial. The trial mm. starts on April 11th, 1910. Things moved a lot quicker back then, right? I mean, these murders were in November and December. Trials in April, like they're moving pretty quick. Well, maybe they didn't have as much volume. Maybe not. The guy that's the prosecutor is Kansas City legend James A. Reed. There's James A. Reed Road. It's over there by the stadium, Alex. You've probably ridden on it. You've probably been on I've it. seen that. I just assumed that was a football player or something. That's that's a, like a prosecutor? He was first uh, from 1900 to 1904, the mayor of Kansas City. At this point in 1910, he is running for United States senator. He becomes the senator from Missouri. He's, has, he's in the United States Senate for 18 years. And... Oh. He's going to figure prominently in one of the cases I want to talk about in the future. Oh, yeah. But no spoilers. But he's going to be involved in another one of these crazy white Well, can, can we both agree he's no Kit Bond? <laughs> oh, well, what? Okay. <laughs> the most inside I... baseball <laughs> reference. <laughs> and we'll just leave it there, shall we? <laughs> By the way, I've not had any legal threats basing uh, based on near speaking of near the stadium, my traffic incident, and I want to keep it that way. So do not bring up the name again, please. But I've not heard a word. <laughs> I drove past there the other day and I was like, oh crap, crap, I'm gonna get sued. <laughs> All right. So this is why I said this was the this was the trial of the century. This was like Indeed. the New York papers were covering it. The, the, there was a uh, a woman reporter who was one of the muckrakers, and sadly her name escapes me right now. She at the time was working for a Denver newspaper. They brought her in. She covered this trial here. Huge deal. And if you like that, you know, you're one of those court TV people. You love that kind of shit. I mean, how fabulous. You've got several members of the Swope family on the stand under oath saying either, you know, my son-in-law or my brother-in-law tried to kill me or killed my brother or my uncle or our cousin. Um, so it it was great for the grist mill, man. They had a lot to talk about. Papers loved it. All right. His defense at the time was, hey, that's cyanide. I just needed that to kill rats. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, everybody has cyanide for the rat stuff. So that's what his thing is. Now, one of the things I didn't talk about, but when he got kicked out of the house, when the mother mm -hmm. said get out and stuff, it was the middle of winter. He's walking down the sidewalk in Independence. Across the street, Tom Swope, who is the younger brother of Christmas Swope, Maggie's son. So he's the second son. He's on the other side of the street. He sees Hyde. He sees Hyde stop. He sees Hyde take something out of his pocket, throw it on the ground where the snow is, and then use his foot to smash it, like grind it into the snow. Turns mm. out, he went over and got it. And it smelled like bitter almonds. Cyanide. Boom. Yep. Yeah. And they had it tested yeah. and that was it. So he's Came up blue diamond. Blue diamond. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. He's convicted. He goes to jail. First degree murder. But Francis, the wife, she's still on his side. She still believes him. Maybe she wants some of her family killed. I don't know. But she's still with him at the point. She says in the papers, you can look it up. Clark is innocent and he shall be freed. Well, she got the second mm -hmm. half right. She went and spent a fortune, hired the best lawyers that you could buy at that time. They file an appeal. And that very September, the same year, so, you know, her husband's been in jail for like, I don't know, five months. 
They cite 255 errors, mostly calling in question the expert, the expert testimony on poison. They brought in a bunch of expert testimony about poison and how it works. Sure. It goes to the Missouri Supreme Court. There's like Missouri Supreme Court says, you're right. New trial. Dr. Heise is a freed man while the new trial happens. Now, every one of these cases, I think, you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast and why it's fun, you always kind of have like a crazy quiz, a crazy twist at the end. I need to drink less yeah. or drink more. I can't be at this level. More. It's terrible. More. Okay, more? Okay. Yeah. So his new trial starts on October 1911. It goes on for eight weeks. But here's how it ends. One of the jurors, this guy named Waldron, he crawls out of his hotel room where he's being sequestered. They have a transom window above the door that they've screwed closed, but he breaks it open. He crawls out the transom. He goes down the fire escape, runs out of the hotel. Police like have to search for him for days. When they finally find him, he says, "I just miss my, you know, my wife and my kids too much. I saw him in the, you know, in the in the uh, courtroom today. I can't do this." In the gallery, yeah. That's just too much. I can't do this. So it's a mistrial. So that's over. Now there are whispers. It's never been proven, but the whispers at the time were that this Harry Waldron guy, the guy that went out, you know, the transom and left, he was paid off by Francis Hyde the wife of Dr. Hyde, but there's no proof of that, but that's what people thought at the time. So now we're going to the third trial. Third trial starts in 1913. So we're, you know, moving along. It ends up with a hung jury. Most of the people thought he was guilty, but there was a couple of people that would not say he goes free. That's it. There was talk of a fourth trial, but in 1917, prosecutors finally said, this is insane. We can't, we're not going to convict this guy. So between the beginning and he kills three people. I mean, I can say that. I don't have to say allegedly he's gone. So, but most likely he killed three people. He poisoned a bunch of other people. He only spent about five months in jail. All right. And, and not he, prison, jail. Right. Yeah. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Right. County, mm-hmm. county, city jail, not prison. Go yep. ahead. All right. In October of 1920. The wife has a change of heart. She says, Francis High files for divorce, citing, quote, repeated and constant acts of cruelty and violence. Can you believe it, Alex? I can't believe this. They get divorced. They had two kids, but they get divorced. High goes back to his hometown of Lexington, Missouri, which is about 40 miles east of Kansas City. Yep, been there. Spent two weeks there one night. <laughs> I have a funny one. I have a funny story, too, but we'll tell it later. Um Starts practicing medicine again. What the fuck? Why not? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. Apparently, he, shingle. <laughs> he gets clients. People in Lexington trusted him. I don't know why, but they did. He finally dies, divorced, penniless, pretty much in 1934. Now, and I, Terry. I hope you're still with me and I, I apologize, but I, 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 we just have to talk about this, Terry. I'm sorry. It's just too funny not to talk about. It. So the Swope home, which was this huge house. And I, cause I think when you like to hear these stories, like, well, I'd like to see that house. Like, what's it like now? Yeah. Well, it's not there anymore. I was going to say, I cannot, I can't even visualize this place. It's, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, this, you know how it is. Um, uh, trials are expensive. Colonel mm-hmm. Swope was no longer around making money with his real estate investments. Oh. You have several children. All that gets split apart. The money kind yeah. of, you know, disintegrates. 
So they sold it to the Church of Latter-day Saints, the house. The matriarch Maggie sold it to the, to the, the Mormon church. It was used as the school for several years. In 1938, it's turned into a sewing workshop where a bunch of women apparently sewed for like the, the Second World War, like relief efforts and stuff. They used it for that. Oh. Oh, but finally, sense. in 1960, because this is what we do in this country, we just tore it down. It's gone. Now, Terry, you've got to forgive me, but I have to sell you this. So guess what it is now, Alex? Guess what's there now? Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to. No, you know, she's my friend. I want to I want her to speak to me. Go ahead. <laughs> It's an RV park. <laughs> oh, jeez. So is it called you, Swope? Is it Swope if, RV? Or? No, it doesn't have Swope. I forgot what it is. Uh, but it's an RV park. So if you are into RVing, love this episode, want to be on the same grounds where all these poor people got killed or sick, and you can go and uh, get an RV. You may have your own typhoid. before. See, this open. is where I think La, La Pistolera should have lived, is, is right in this area totally. who knows she may have trod those that ground right she might she may be there as we know she's never been caught and then the the epitaph is uh colonel swope's remains he was interned uh they built this beautiful beautiful mausoleum for him it's oh, actually oh. in swope park it's between the golf course and uh the zoo but like if you're on the 13th hole 13 hole of the swope golf uh, course it's next to it and he's buried there. Oh, uh, wow. it, they spent a fortune on it. But that's the Swope family, which is one of the biggest names in Kansas City. Everybody, if you say Swope, people will know what we're talking about. One of the if this had happened today, this would have been everywhere. It would have been on all the news and constantly. So that is my now you know a little bit about the crazy Kansas City history of over a hundred years ago of multiple murders. Uh, um. All right. I'm just going to say it because uh, I think you definitely uh, have have outdone the La Pistolera. I think I think uh, I think that episode wins out on being an open case, although this one technically is two, although but everybody involved is dead. So we'll never know. But I, I think it's safe to assume we know what happened. But um, but wow. Um this this is a this is not, not a cautionary tale, but it's just a reminder, folks. When you're driving past stuff here in Kansas City and you see names that you see all over the place, they may not be what you think they are. You know, they may not. Um, wow, though this I'll never think about Swope the same way again. That's for damn sure. Um, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and you wonder. Huh. I always when I so uh, and and I will all this I'll put in the show notes. There's actually a book. Somebody's written an entire book about, it and they did a nice job. So if you want to, I mean, well, it it gets you in deep. Like you can go way deep. So when I'm reading this book and going through, I mean, when when the juror escapes, I mean that's kind of like this crazy thing. But so what's the long game? Was he hoping that he could kill them all slowly with typhoid? Was the and then use strychnine and then go back and say, well, they all had typhoid and died. Uh, apparently even in the time typhoid didn't kill it only killed only um i think it was like 50 percent of the people like it didn't kill everybody so you wonder like is he going to do that was the diphtheria going to be round two there's a lot of like you'd love to get into this sick 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 man's mind and figure what he was what his thoughts were but uh clearly he had some i mean you know he's ripping people off even long before he's murdering people well you know it's funny Yes. And I, when you started 
going down this path, I kept it because you're talking about people like let's relieve the pressure in the brain. I thought for sure you're going to say he was going to like get an awl or like a little drill and drill holes into the skull rather than just get a scalpel and cut a vein, uh, which is equally grotesque in a lot of ways. Although, you know, but I kept expecting to hear that, which kind of there that leans more towards the torture side of things. I, I have to wonder that this guy just saw money and he thought, well, I'm very much because this is a trait of many a murderer. I'm smarter than all these people. And I'm also a quote physician, unquote. I, I know ways to kill people that others do not. And, They'll never question me because I am a physician. And to a degree, that is correct. Yeah, certainly. That, at, that at, carries at some weight. Well, it's like uh, Mastery Commander, Far Side of the World. One of my favorite movies. I love the books too, but uh, they're doing surgery on a, back in the 1700s, 1600s, whatever, 1700s on one of the sailors. And they one sailor leans over and goes, oh, he's a, he's a proper physician. He is not just a surgeon. I mean, the point was he doesn't, he didn't just know how to cut on people. He knew how to keep them alive and cure them, you know? And and I think people then in the in the time of this discussion were equally unsophisticated. I mean, uh, maybe 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 doc the doc down the street was sawbones, but in a bigger city, physician carried a little weight. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting that uh, you know the family physician had to be one of the people that came in and and you know and, and credit to the nurses. Yes, because they're the ones that have that, that said our way. And you know, women in the nineteenth and early twentieth century did not have a voice anyway. Uh, and certainly, right. nurses are always told that they have to subjugate themselves to the, whatever the doctor says. Uh, right. But this was so egregious and so awful. I and mean, all these people that died, even the people that lived, this is horrible. I mean, you're horribly, horribly ill. Um, it's a yeah, they miserable, suffered miserable. Yeah, totally. Miserable. And, and, well, well, just think of that poor first victim with the mustard. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, mean, I only just, told that because I didn't want to be, you know, sensationalize it. But I think it, I wanted to talk about the guy's state of mind that you can be yeah. that cruel, that mean, and and not have a, a problem with it. And then just like, what was, you know, what's the big deal? I didn't, you know, uh, if you can cross those kind of thresholds, it as we can see, it portended poorly for the future I, I agree and you know when we're comparing to hh holmes and i know we're not both prepared to really discuss the comparison too much but holmes though was a kind of a, a, a twisted genius i mean he designed a whole office block sized building to kill people in he had various means set up excuse me which indicates to me he enjoyed actually watching people die what i what i get from this is i don't know that he really enjoyed watching them in agony i think he just wanted to kill them to get their money but i think the thing that really stands having never heard this before okay folks i'm just with you listeners viewers hello viewers uh, i'm right there with you um it's it's when the young person comes back on the train and doesn't basically never never lives to see kansas city really again you know really not in a healthy way and no, right? it's a yeah I, I, so there was three people that died and a ton that were very, very sick. Uh, I just, it, it makes you wonder, did he snap just because he was that mad that the, the amount and the will was so much less for his wife? And 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 since he was bilking other women out of money to begin with, was this, yeah. the, was this the plan the whole time, Alex? Did he marry Francis Hyde? Oh, yeah. I just do. for the I money. So. I mean, I don't know anything about it other than what you told me, but just my gut tells me, hell yeah. 
But what, and then you wonder that what would he have done with the money? What did he? What is it that he wanted so badly? This fascinates me though that a guy like this um, got away with it in a sense. I mean, he did die, you know, a pauper and da 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 da. But but I, the, these are almost to me better than like we talk about Robert Bardello. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, folks. By the way, in retrospect, that was horrible. Uh, although you didn't hear the first time we recorded about that one. That was you want to hear something that really blow your mind. Please uh, go. Guess what our most popular episode is. Stop it. Nope. Really? It's, yep. And and what what killed me about that is we we had a bad audio situation with that one, and we redid it, and I toned it down and shortened it, and didn't go into a lot of grisly detail. I don't know what that says about you listeners, but thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> which I should say, by the way, we, we we have like four ratings right now on, on Apple Podcasts. And if you like this show, I'm just going to say, I know I'm out of order here. I'm going to say it. Please go to Apple Podcasts in particular and rate the show four and five stars. Five stars better. Four and five stars, though, with a quick sentence or two about why you like it would go a huge way in us continuing to do the show. I know that's not that part of the show, but I just thought it was a natural no, segue. I think that's absolutely true. We absolutely... Uh, I, I mean, we like doing it. It's fun for us to do this, uh, but it growing the podcast is always what you want to do with the podcast. So, and and it's tough when we're doing a monthly. We know that. Um, I, can I? I'm going to hint at something, and he'll cut it out if I'm not right. But I'm looking into the camera. I, I actually have a camera. I'm looking here. You know, if we got a few more downloads every month, and we got a few more reviews, we might consider doing this more than monthly. Maybe, maybe twice a month. If that is something that interests you. Show your support by telling a friend about the show and maybe a review or two. That'd be great. There, I'll back off now. And uh, that was back when I worked for PBS at KCPT. I used to. We need tote bags. Oh my God, those tote bags. Oh my God. Yeah, there's got to be a murder somewhere about with a tote bag. But anyway. All right. So I want to say one quick thing before we go. Then we can then Mm, you mm -hmm, you can give mm -hmm. me my hint. Um, But I have to say, one of my friends, who sadly her real name is Karen, poor lady. It is what it is. She did not know at the time, you know, that that would become a thing. And she's totally so not a Karen, but she has listened. She's out in California. She's listened to all of her podcasts uh, and I, I love her dearly. But recently I said, what do you, what do you been doing? And she's like, well, I've just gotten into this Long Island serial killer guy, like blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I just want people to know um, Kansas city. Now Burdella's the first, we've already talked about, there are other serial killers that I, it's on my radar i'm not doing it right away that killed a lot more people than the long islands so if it's a body count you want karen stay tuned because we'll soon <laughs> i'll give you more than the serial killer in long island so i'm gonna say all right sorry <laughs> see he's never seen this is what you, what you if i love that i can't i can't say anything more than to amplify yeah if you want a body count we can do it but <laughs> We're, yeah, we're anyway. trying to be with like something cool and mysterious and fun. And remember, uh, just reminder, folks, the, the ground rules got to be at least 30 years ago. Um, I, I, I was going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask it to you now. But one reason, by the way, we don't go deeper. There's two things we don't do. We will not ever discuss children being tortured nope. or murdered. That will not nope. happen. If you bring that to us, no, thank you. I appreciate it. The thought, but no way in hell. Second thing, got to be at least three decades old because we're trying to show some distance and some respect. Admittedly, murder's murder, okay? I want that really clear. Murder's murder. It's awful. It's evil. But at the very least, we don't want in our uh, 
attempts to make it entertaining to talk about it like we tried to do on these past five episodes we just don't want to hurt anybody uh, and hurt their heart so i but i we think 30 years is a pretty good buffer so my question to you my friend is did you notice at all are there swopes descendants still in town or what do we got here on that so i looked in the phone book i don't know what they're related there are some swopes now apparently a large amount of swopes, not surprisingly, after all this horribleness happened, actually moved out, right. to, Calif- out to California, which, you know, I could see I why a, you'd never want to be around. I mean, these are your family. Oh, yeah. And this is Christmas season. This happened. The first murders happened in October, but the, the typhoid epidemic were, and where Chrisman died. And then all those, that was over the Christmas holidays. So I, sure. you know, that's, that's something you're never going to probably ever get over as far as, you know, every Christmas you're going to think about this. Um, so they left, yeah. but yeah, there are there there are some swaps. I'm I'm guessing huge family, tons hmm. of people, tons of kids. Ironic since you know Colonel Swope had no kids. Yeah, his, his siblings had a ton, right? Uh, and they all came out here. So yeah, I, I assume it's somebody we're talking with. But uh, um, I think we did it. You know, respect. I as we've always talked about, we're never going to make the murderer into the cool or interesting. Like they're always no. they're always the people that we are. You know, we make fun of those people. We don't make fun of the poor victims, and we certainly our yeah, hearts are yeah. with any anybody who's a victim of a crime like this. So, yeah, and Robert Bardello was a dirtbag, and uh, yeah, I understand the fascination, um, but I don't know. You know, I was watching real quick. I know we got to go, but I was watching um, one episode of like I don't know six or seven episodes. A thing. He's not a serial killer, but he's a child. Uh, anyway, uh, Jared from Subway, and they did this oh horrifically God. terrible. Uh, very spent sensational documentary. I, I got the one episode and I went, This is just sick. This just frankly, even though they had you know witnesses and parents uh, and all this stuff, I think this just makes it worse. And and they're just talking about this, this, this serial, you know, uh, pedophile among us still in prison. Um, but he was glorified because you know he ate Subway sandwiches to lose a lot of weight. So, I, I that's just not what Jamie and I are about, is doing no. that kind of thing. It's just well, not, it's, it's gross. And then just to wrap up, I think all these, so Johnny Lazia, we, we learned a lot about what the 1930s were in Kansas city and yeah, the, yeah. all stuff. Right. Uh, Berdella, you learn not only about, but you, you a little bit of the art Institute, a little bit about Westport, yeah. a little about, about mm-hmm. those yeah. kind of things. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I don't know what we learned about Linda Culbertson, except for that. There's a lot of wackadoo people, but you know, we learned, the, so if you're having a drink or you're staying overnight at the ambassador hotel now you know this is where an infamous i don't know if you want to still stay there but that's where it happened and uh you know la pistolera i mean that's just fast i watched the uh unsolved mysteries with robert did Stein. you the unloved mystery yeah uh-huh. i watched the original with unsolved anyway uh i love robert Stang. yeah uh so that's and i think this one is because this is such a huge name in kansas city yeah um I just wanted people to know that it's more than just than the, the the zoo and the park and stuff. That this was a real family, who apparently we thought, you know, they thought at the time they had it all going their way. They had a whole yeah. lovely life with a fabulous house with indoor. I mean, fuck indoor plumbing in 1909. That's nice. That didn't happen much. Uh, My brother, but, look at look at the Murdoch family. You have you heard about that recent tragedy? Uh, the father and that. Well, if you haven't. Uh, it's not spelled Murdoch, but look it up. But that, yeah, it's it, it's just it's not funny, haha. It's just funny though that you know people have it in their heads that the wealthy are different than everybody else, and they're not. They're human beings. 
Yep. And uh, they're, they may be in a lot of ways uh, have more time on their hands to magnify such bizarre behavior. And for that, I have a clue for you for next. All time. right, let's go. I'm ready. This will be the clue for my uh, evil twin here to make the drink. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's been a vague. Sorry, pal. Here we go. You're, you really gave me a good one for this one because the bramble fit, I think uh, that was the, lovely. Uh, the mood and all that. Um, uh, okay. Uh, here we go. The clue is, wait a minute, I'm going to look at the camera. I'm going to get all fancy. <laughs> No-tell hotel. No-tell hotel. All right. I, I already have some stupid thoughts in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you match mine then because I'm completely stupid. This is such fun. I've had a great time on this one. This is fun. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So we'll be back one month from today, September 15th. We'll do it again. Uh, people be safe. Don't have a brother-in-law who's a doctor. Apparently, that's uh, that's our, our hot take for this episode. That's definitely the hot take. And by the way, folks, as we get into the fall and winter season, that's becomes uh, your pal Alex's uh, sweet spot, hoping to bring you some fun, fun, mysterious, cool stuff. Absolutely. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>